Boys and girls, Mel Herbert here for Elon Daily this uh, Tuesday, June 4th. Did you listen to yesterday's show? Did you go hear it? Did you take a little squiz at it? That's right, because it wasn't a daily. It was the big show, the large show, the grand show. So go and check it out. I thought the energy was really good. Tom and Robert and I were on fire. We actually did it Saturday morning when we usually record in the afternoon or evenings. We were a little bit tired. So that one was a good one. So check it out. There was a big Mac event Today, well, that's uh, yesterday, your time. Big Mac event. I'm a Mac guy. I'm all excited about the new stuff, particularly about the uh, the pro stuff, but also about the uh, updates to iOS and uh, the iPads and all that stuff. But I feel like a bit of a hostage because, you know, Apple always comes out with stuff that Android's had for three years and us Apple people get so excited. And then the Android people go, really? Uh, dark mode? We've had that for quite a while. Thank you very much. I think it's just funny. It's kind of like, uh, what's it called? Hostage syndrome? Yeah, that's what it's like. Anyway, um, the big news of last week was actually hats off to uh, Ryan McCaffrey from Ride the Lightning podcast. That's a podcast that's been around a long time, almost as long as Talking Tesla, not as long. I guess he is a gamer guy that does some gaming podcasts, perhaps. Anyway, he's got a very popular Tesla podcast, and he snagged Elon for an hour. So all of the rest of us that do Tesla podcasts are very, very jealous of him. Extraordinarily jealous, but uh, nice work. I much prefer Elon being interviewed by sort of fans of Tesla than by the financial people and stuff because they focus on different things. So, you know, there's about a hundred million things I wish Ryan had have asked and he didn't, but it's only an hour and you couldn't ask all the questions you want to if you had like 20 hours with him. But here are some of the most important points I got out of that. But go check it out, Ride the Lightning podcast. So Friedmont, it is for Model Y. Not necessarily what I heard in Elon's voice, because he thinks it's the right thing, but the people around him that he listens to think that it's the most efficient way to get Model Y up fast, and that is sort of to move S and X onto one line and to have Model 3 and Y sort of next to each other, using about 70, 75% of the parts, not doing it over in Fremont. And he did acknowledge, you know, that's not a perfect solution because the batteries and the skates are all mowed over in Nevada. And it's not perfect at Fremont because... You know, it's much more expensive in terms of living there, and so therefore you have to pay people more, all that kind of stuff. But in the end, it sounds like uh, the other voices have made him realize that Fremont is the way they should go for now. I want to know what's going to happen in the parking lot at Fremont. They're going to have to have a lot more people working there, and the parking lot for the workers is already full. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. He did say a couple of interesting things about Model Y, and first and most importantly that he felt he really underplayed Model Y very specifically because he didn't want to capitalize, uh, cannibalize, not capitalize, cannibalize Model 3. So if he had gone out there and gone, like, this is the best car we've ever done by far. It's better than the S. It's better than the X. It's better than the 3. It's so much better. It's so much better. It's got so much room on the inside, even though it doesn't look much bigger than the 3. It's like the TARDIS. It's way bigger inside. This is the car that you should get, and it doesn't have the Falcon Wing doors. And if he did all that, then people would go, well, I'm not going to buy my Model 3, thank you very much. I'm going to wait for this amazing, incredible car that just is a sort of a year or so away. I think that's right. I think that's what you have to do. You have to get people fairly excited, but not too excited. Or you're not going to be able to sell your Model 3s right now, and they really do need to sell Model 3s. I personally am super excited about the Model Y. I think it will be the last car I ever own, because... After that, I think, you know, play that out for sort of three years after Y comes out. I really do think that autonomous driving, if Elon is even close to being right, 
will be baked into all of the cars, the threes, the Ys, and the more recent Ss and Xs. And there will be a rideshare network in most places that where I go. So I don't think I'll need a car after that. But we'll see how far off he is. But if I'm going to have a car in the next three years, I've got a lease that comes up actually in January. It'll be Model Y. So I'll probably have to uh, do it a, a month to month for a while. But I really do want a Model Y. And then at the end of that time, I think it'll be all done for me because I do not want to drive anymore. I want somebody to drive me like Miss Daisy. Another one of the things they talked about was Roadster. And uh, he talked about Roadster and killing the halo effect of the ice car. So right now it is true, although much less than it used to be, that there's a halo effect of ice cars are just better and they're faster and uh, they can go further on a tank of gas. And he wanted to put sort of the, the smackdown to that halo effect of ice cars. So if you've got a car that is electric, that has faster acceleration, faster top speed, better handling because of the low center of gravity, has 620, 30, 40 miles of range on a single charge. And, you know, head to head, there'll be drag races with the most expensive $2 million supercars. And if the roadster can just blow them away on all of those things, then, yeah, that guy in the pub that talks to you about how great ice cars are and the latest, greatest McLaren or whatever it is, and you can say, yeah, but the roadster's better than that. Uh, yeah, but the roadster's better than that. Yeah, but the roadster's better than that. It is a psychological effect that, like, okay. And then there's a trickle-down thing which uh, occurs in, oh, so Tesla makes the best, fastest thing in the world, but it also makes these other cars, which are really great. It's a really interesting marketing move if you can do it. Come out with a super premium, ridiculous model and capture people's imagination. Sell a much cheaper model, but people who are buying the cheap model feel like they kind of got a piece of the super premium thing. It's done in lots of places, and it works very well. So uh, I hope the Roadster is just killer. But he only thinks they're going to sell 10,000 of them a year. I'm amazed that they sell 10,000. But I guess for supercars in the range that uh, people are used to paying, two hundred to $250,000 is not that much. I guess these supercars, I don't have one, um, are like three, four, five hundred thousand, 500,000, up to a million or more dollars. So uh, it's a relatively cheap car. And if they can do all the things that he says, amazing. And he's still talking about putting stupid rockets on them. He's like, yeah, we could put like 3G rockets on them. You could go vertically up into the air uh, at 2G. I'm like, oh, please don't do that. It sounds frightening. And then he talked a lot about the pickup. So he personally is most excited about the pickup of everything that's coming, even Y and Roadster. So he said in summary on this podcast that they need to make it better than the F-150. They need to make it for less than $50,000. Now, the F-150, the Ford F-150 here in the United States is the biggest selling passenger vehicle. They sell about a million of those a year. It's about you know, twice as many as they do of the sedans that are out there. It starts at $29,000, and the limited edition version, which I guess is the completely tricked-out version, is $62,000. People really love their trucks here in the United States. It has a range and a full tank of gas of about 400 to 550 miles, depending on whether you're doing city driving or highway driving. It gets about 16 to 18 miles per gallon, which works out to about $0.22 cents a mile here in the United States. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, about uh, 22 cents a mile. Whereas for Model 3, for example, in California, sort of average electricity prices, you're going to get about for 4 cents a mile. So 4 versus 22 cents. The truck will obviously have, be less efficient than Model 3, but it gives you an idea. You'll be able to drive around your big truck at a third the price that you'll be able to drive around your gasoline truck. He says it's going to look weird, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because when you know 
cars first came out, they looked really weird compared to horses. So he's suggesting that maybe they're going to be pushing the design aspects of this a little far further than most people are going to be comfortable, but maybe they'll catch up later. So what do I think it needs to have? Some of the basic things I think you need to have in this car that's less than 50000 is a 500-mile range that probably won't cohere at the $50,000 version, but at least a 500-mile range. I think they need to have a 600-mile range vehicle in this thing because you also want to have the ability to plug stuff in, to have 120-volt stuff to be able to plug into that, which would significantly reduce your range. So you want to be able to drive a long way and then be able to plug in some equipment and run it off the battery and not worry that you're going to you know, not be able to drive home kind of stuff. You definitely want the ability to jack it up and down with something like air suspension, and he says it's going to be blazingly fast. I think it'd be really great to have interesting cargo like we've seen in the Rivian and we've talked about on the show. So something between the cab and uh, the back where there's a big hole and you can put extra stuff in there and obviously you'll have the frunk and that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, if they do it right, they can have something significantly better than an F-150. The question is at what price? So he says they've got to start at under 50000 but that means it's still going to be an expensive truck. And uh, what will you get for 50,000 versus, so I'm sure there'll be a 70, 75,000 version that'll have everything. He's excited about it, so therefore, I'm excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go listen to Ryan's Ride the Lightning podcast. My name's Mel Hubbard, part of the Talking Tesla podcast, as it were. We had the big show. We had the large show yesterday, Monday. Go check it out. I think it's uh, pretty good. And hey, leave leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Go on iTunes and you know, become a Patreon. We'd love to do to do all that stuff. It, it takes a lot of effort to put this together every day. But we love doing it because, uh, you know, what Elon's trying to do, pretty important stuff. And we're just trying to do our part to support him. Talk to you tomorrow.